gonna ring the felony bell. I had that written down: assault via jockstrap. Pretty much every '80s movie either had a study montage, a house reconstruction montage, or a boat race. I thought I saw my mother's douchebag, but that's back in Ohio. Hello and welcome. We are back from theballerlifestyle.com. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. I'm the host. This is episode... I should make a note of this, but I think it's 245 that we've done here. Um, it's, it's a special episode. You guys like when we review movies, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about Revenge of the Nerds. We have a special guest. I'll get to that in a minute. But first, I want to give you guys the ways that you can reach out because people do like to comment, especially on these kind of episodes. So if you would like to, you can send us an email. Mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com is the email address. You can also call and leave a voicemail. And I know that the voicemail line allows you to speak for three minutes. It just maybe said a little, maybe just get it out in like 45 seconds. A lot of people have things to say. Uh, mailbag, or I'm sorry, 949-464-TBLS8257 is the phone number. Um, as always, I would implore you to check out our Facebook page, uh, the Baller Lifestyle Podcast on Facebook, Facebook group as well by the same name. I don't know why there's both. Uh, and of course, iTunes, rate and review the show. This one specifically, these tend to get a little more juice. People like the nostalgia. So if you wouldn't mind, go on. And, and make it known that you listen to this episode on iTunes. And, of course, Patreon.com. Dirty John started this week. We're going to be discussing it there. Patreon.com, for those of you that would like to make a financial contribution to the show, you can do so there. If you give us five bucks a month, you can listen to the, all the stuff we do there. And with, with Dirty John, I think I'm going to do like the early access thing. So we'll talk about Dirty John and the $5 level, people can hear it first, and then after like a week or so, everyone can hear it because I don't, I feel like everyone's going to want to check that out. Um, what else? That's it. That's all. That's all the ways. That's everything you can do. Uh, joining me now, as always, it's Ed Daly, co host of the show. Ed, how are you? Uh, doing well. I mentioned last week I would join you on the uh, Dirty John, but I forgot to watch. I forgot to watch it. Um, and I feel like you're, so you're I'll, really. I'll keep doing. You're really going to dislike it. Like, you're really... I mean, I like Connie Britton. I'm a big Connie Britton fan. Um, But I'll just stick with giving dominating picks. I took Thanksgiving weekend off, but my college football picks are ridiculous. Okay, we'll, so. okay yeah, we'll have some... We'll, have, we'll do a pick show again this week. Patreon.com slash The Baller Lifestyle Podcast. Uh, and we are also joined by somebody that I'm, was, I was like, oh, he's certainly done the show before, but... Then I, I thought back in the archives, and I'm like, I don't think I've ever had this guy on, and it is to our detriment. I must apologize to you, the listeners. We are joined by Houston sports radio icon, also Jim Rome jungle icon. That's a, that's lesser. That's a lesser thing now. He's he's made a career in the media. He's a big big time host in Houston. A lot of we have a lot of listeners in Houston. Of course, I'm just I'm talking about the great. Sean, the Cabla Nation Pendergast. Sean, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. This is awesome. Hey, this is an honor. Hey, what's going on, Ed? This is an honor and a privilege to be on here, man. I was pumped, Brian, when you when you asked me to do this because I, I feel like 
I do a sports talk show, but this, this stuff you were talking about wanting to talk about tonight is way more up my alley than uh, some silly things oh, like football and basketball. For sure. So we have, we here on the show, we get a lot of people, uh, they always want us to talk about movies and we've d- hit a lot of the big numbers of the eighties. So we've hit, we've done top gun and we've done both karate. We've done all three karate kids, uh, back yeah. to the future. I mean, you name it. We've soul man. We've, we've done a bunch of them and we, we've been talking about doing revenge of the nerds and Ed and I are like, Hey, let's do more movies. Let's do revenge of the nerds. And I, ha- and it just popped into my head that I had had a Twitter conversation with you about revenge of the nerds, maybe like a month or two months ago. And I'm like, Oh my fucking God, if we don't do it with Sean Cavanagian, <laughs> we're making a huge mistake. So stoked you're here. Stoked to have you on. And Ed, little tidbit as Sean and I were discussing. You know, we've had big actors on this show. Jason Stewart <laughs> comes to mind. He's probably the biggest star you're going to get in general. We did a we did an inside the actor's studio for him, re- recapping his fantastic career in Lifetime movies. But Ed, mm-hmm. Sean let me know that he was an extra in Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. What? Yep. Stunning yep. development. This is royalty. Yes. Where'd they shoot that? Yeah, show? they shot it in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It was during my my senior year in high school. Somehow, our somehow me and like eight of my buddies talked our parents into letting us go. Amazing to Fort Lauderdale for spring break for in our senior year in high school, not our senior year in college. That's crazy. Like, they, they, That's so actually nuts. Somehow talked talked them into letting us go. We took the train from Connecticut down to Florida, Ooh, which that is must amazing. Be a nice trip. <laughs> Which, well, it's amazing because, well, think about it, though. You're 18 years old. So it, here's the thing. I, I don't know that this, this that back in 1987, these were the rules. But <laughs> if, if they were, like, the, like, the train was, te- was in the United States because we were going through states down to Florida. But it's like no laws applied. It was like Mardi Gras. You were like inter- train, international like, waters. Yeah, yes, exactly. exactly. Any form of transportation. <laughs> yeah, so... So we, you know, we were in the bar car the whole time. Like half of us probably had braces and shit. Uh, you know, we're like, we're in the bar car. So we went to Florida for spring break. Eight of us stayed in two rooms at the Econo Lodge. And we, it was, we felt like we were at the, the like the four seasons, man. Like we're, we're at a hotel. Uh, so we were like eight of us in two rooms at the Econo Lodge. Like, and I mean, just, just a week full of horrible decisions and, alcohol we befriended a homeless person who probably was a drifter and might have killed us like we let this guy into our hotel room to party with us like really really and and we had like two we had like two or three different sets of girls that we knew that were all in fort lauderdale they were way more supervised than we were they were like staying with you know parents that had a beach house down there or something so we had it going all week long and so one day we're at the beach and we're just hanging out at the beach, drinking, whatever. And we look and like probably, I don't know, a couple tenths of a mile down on the beach, we see all these big cameras and, you know, like those, those like sunscreens that they have out when they're filming scenes on the beach and stuff like that. And we, we, so we're like, Oh, we got to go take a look at this. And we go take a walk down and keep in mind, revenge of the nerds came out. Like the first one came out like two years before this. And that was one of like, probably a dozen movies that me and all of my buddies that were at the beach could quote every single word. Of course. Of. So, it was such, it was such you know, a touchdown. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and it's kind of right in our wheelhouse age wise, you know, like we're, um, you know, we were, uh, you know, we were, um, 
who, you know, we're probably 16 when the movie came out. Sure. So, uh, uh, so we walked down there and just to see like what the deal was with the, um, with what they were filming. And like, you know, now I think about it, it probably been like, man, I wonder if they're filming a porno or something <laughs> like that. It's on Fort Lauderdale. But well, we, walk, we walked down there, we walked down there and we start talking to a few of the people on the set, which gives you an idea of just like how low budget this thing was. Like eight high school kids come walking up like, Hey, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> but they, and we looked and we see like Lewis and Gilbert and, uh, or no, Gilbert wasn't in the Anthony Edwards had moved on to actual real movies right. by that point. But, uh, um, but like all the other ones who got left behind, um, you know, worms are after puberty and all oh, this girl. other stuff. Like, they were all there. Uh, yeah, Booger, they were all like filming on the beach and they're like, oh, this is Revenge of the Nerds too, which we didn't even know was coming out. And they hand us this flyer and like, yeah, we're filming this scene, this rap scene at such and such some spot in Fort Lauderdale um, and we need extras. So why don't you guys come out? And we're like, we, uh, like we, they hand us this flyer and we're, God, we were so dumb. Like they hand us that and we're, it would have thought like we, we were acting like we just got a part in the Godfather or something like that. Like, Oh, this is going to be amazing. And we're going to like, we, we thought we were going to have lines in it. And so we go there and there's there, we go to the, to do the rap scene thing. And there's literally like 400 people. This so thing. Like there's, we were, we were, I don't know if you guys, did you guys even see revenge of the nerds? Of too, or I, Courtney yeah, I, saw it. I, I can't say I can quote it, but I, I did see it. It's a classic. Yeah. We were, we were, so if you remember it, then we were, we were in the crowd in the no on 15 rap scene, you know, when they're going, no on 15. Yep. No. Sure. But wasn't it supposed to be weird. like on an Island somewhere? Part of it. Yeah. Part, uh, part of the movie, they got washed up onto an Island. Right. right. That's right. That's um, but, but, but it, but it's like based out of uh spring break in Florida. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So nerds in paradise, you know, very complex, very complex, multi-layered movie. You know, part of it's on an island and part of it's in Fort Lauderdale. Well, so, it is, uh, yes, it's pretty cool. Do you still have your SAG card from that appearance? <laughs> I do. I get all my benefits. I tell Intercom, my employer, I'm like, no, nah, I don't need benefits. Yeah. I got benefits. <laughs> nerds, nerds in paradise back in 1987. <laughs> so good. Uh, well, it's it's good to have uh, another thespian on the show. I, we hope that you're. <laughs> that your process allows you to, to discuss things at the lowbrow level that we typically, typically operate here. Uh, okay. Let me- yeah. I'll keep it. I, I'm going to, I'll keep it. I'll, I, I'm not going to speak in any highfalutin industry language. I'll keep it at a level where the audience is going to understand. <laughs> Thank God. I appreciate that. Yeah. My audience yeah, appreciates no problem. it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Totally. Revenge of the nerds. It came out in 1984, um, directed by a guy called Jeff canoe who didn't really direct anything else besides, I mean, he directed other stuff, but not, nothing of note. Um, starring of course, Robert Carradine, the great Anthony Edwards, Curtis Booger Armstrong, Ted McGinley. What's not better with Ted McGinley in it? Nothing. Uh, Julia Montgomery, who of course plays Betty Childs and a bunch of other people. A, a skinny John Goodman as the coach. Yeah. What was that all about? <laughs> um, the, the film's plot chronicles a group of nerds at the fictional Adams College trying to stop the ongoing harassment We'll get into that by the jock fraternity, the Alpha Betas, in addition to the latter's sister sorority, Pi Delta Pi. Uh, Basically, you guys all know how it goes. Lewis and Gilbert, they're heading off to college. They want to study computers. Shit goes haywire. Um, the, where was it shot? It was shot at the university of Arizona and Tucson, the lesser of the two Arizona schools. Um, 
that's the so in in and around there. I want to get to the critical response. The film holds a seventy percent approval rating, which is pretty shocking. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, yeah. for a for a for a body college fraternity comedy. That's like if you do the conversion chart, that's like a ninety-seven for a regular like you know real thespian movie. Especially because on Rotten Tomatoes, all the reviews aren't from nineteen eighty-four. Like there's, right. there's, there's yeah. been modern reviews of this movie and it's, it's, <laughs> it can, it's problematic in places. Um, the, it's got a, uh, for, for, that's 43 critics reviews. Consensus is undeniably lowbrow, but surprisingly sly. Revenge of the nerds has enough big laughs to qualify as a minor classic in the slobs versus snobs sub genre. Well, it's definitely a classic. Um, uh, so it came out July 20th, 1984. I want to get to the take the box office take, but on a budget of $6 million, six or $7 million, it's in dispute. The movie took home a whopping $60 million at the box office, a massive, Massive hit for 20th Century Fox. Uh, okay, let's start. When, when, when did it come out? 1984. Just look at what it was competing with. Uh, well, that be Karate Kid was 84, right? Karate, Karate Kid, like almost to the week, I think. Because I remember we on my, on my radio show at my old station, I interviewed William Zabka, who oh, yeah. played, as you guys know, played, played, yeah. played Johnny Lawrence. We're pretty tight. And, uh, and, um, he, uh, we, we actually booked him because it was the 25th anniversary. So it was 10 years ago. And I want to say we booked him in July. So it was probably in direct competition yeah, with the karate. It was kid. definitely a summer movie. They both were. Yeah, Purple rain was out at the same time. Another, yeah. another classic. Red, also problematic. Red, Red Dawn gremlins. Nothing, nothing problematic. Oh, about Ghostbusters those. was the big one. Uh, gremlins was a little problematic when she t- started talking about why she stopped believing in Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, okay. We can get to that later. So the, the movie begins. Anthony Edwards, Gilbert, he's in bed. He's got the covers pulled up around him. He doesn't want to go to college. For some reason, as in all movies in the 80s, everyone that's in high school or going into college is 30 years old for some reason. That's no different. (laughs) Anthony's looking pretty old. Also, his mom looks 100 years old, and she's like... I couldn't believe it wasn't his grandma. She looks so old. And um, she's like, "Uh, hey, it's okay. You go to college. Don't worry. Um, You know, your good friend Lewis will be there. And all of a sudden, Lewis, despite the fact that Gilbert's in bed, Lewis walks in the room. I don't know why he's in his house, first of all. But, okay, they're close. And then you don't. And then he's like, "Come on, Gilbert. College is going to be great." And they like rip the covers off Gilbert. And of course, he's fully dressed in his nerd plaid shirt and pocket protector, everything. And then for some reason, Lewis gives Gilbert's mom a big mouth kiss. He's just like, "Okay, yeah. see, see you later, Mrs. S." And just like smacks one right on her right on her lips. And, and then they head out the door. Did that strike anybody else's odd? Yeah, yeah, I would Calder, say Calder. I would say that he has carnal knowledge with that kind of uh, kiss, but then again, he's a complete nerd. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we learn later. That and then, and then his dad is the dude from uh, from Babe, right? Yeah, they so they they get driven to college by Lewis's dad, 
James Cromwell, a guy yeah. who's who's known he's he's a big like sixties like free love like loves to have a lot of sex is one of his things. But uh, a fam- pile up arrests lately. Yeah, well he's he's a big activist. Uh, yeah. He's like super involved and just a great character actor. Like if you're seeing yeah. James Cromwell in something, you're usually watching something pretty good. My, he played like Charles Keating in the uh, Larry Flint movie. That's right. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny you, you bring that up because I, I rewatched the movie and I bullet pointed the main actors at the top in like the top margin on my notebook page. And I had Anthony Edwards and Ted McGinley. I even have written down, Brian, John Goodman a hundred pounds ago. Yeah. That's what I wrote. So it's okay that you say that it's skinny John Goodman. And then I have written Tom Hanks' boss in the Green Mile. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yes. Cromwell. So yeah, that's, yeah, he's, like, that's, he's that's a, he probably has a great career. Yeah, to, me, to me, like to me, like the the better the character actor you are, the less likely it is that somebody knows your name. Totally. You're just like, oh, it's that dude right there, like that dude who played this. Totally, like I, like, I didn't. James Cromwell, like now I know because you just said it. Yeah, there's a couple of those in this movies. So they're um, they're they're heading off to they're heading off to college. The dad's doing 35. He's. It, uh, Skolnick's like, how fast are we going, Dad? He's first. First of all, they're all sitting three across in the bench seat of the, uh, the station wagon. Yeah, the family truckster, and he's like, how fast are we going? Well, just look down. Like you have glasses on, you can just look down at the at the speedometer. You don't need your dad to tell you. Uh, but they're they're headed out, and you can tell things are going to get problematic later because Lewis has compute computed the actual number of breasts that are at the college they're about to attend. He's like, there's uh, 17,000 female students. So that, that by my calculations, there's uh, 35,000 breasts on campus or something like it's a real specific number though. Um, so it's, it's a little concerning. These guys, these guys are going to study computers, but they're also going to study a little ass, right? I mean, that's oh, the dream yeah. of every boy going to it's college, true. right? True. They're, they're, you know, maybe you don't do the math, but yeah, you're thinking it. So they get, yeah. they, they get to school and immediately it's university, of Arizona. It's yeah. The university, of Arizona. And immediately there's, it's the school's raging already. It's the first day of school and the football team's partying and ogre. We get, we get to meet ogre. And he is not down with the nerds. He immediately spots the nerds. They start an anti-nerd chant. It's a real, they're really laying the groundwork for who's who. And Ted McGinley's there partying. He's much too old. Ted McGinley went to high school with my stepdad and he was a year ahead of my stepdad. So he was way too old to be in college by this point. And yes. But did you, did you get any stories about McGinley? Was he just killing it always? Yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty wealthy. He's from Corona del Mar. Like, grew up in a rich family. I think he was pretty. He was pretty set. You know, might have been on the tennis team or something. Like, he had things going for him. Um, and and one thing I noticed is they're having like a frat party, the football guys, and they don't seem to grasp the purpose of beer. Like, there's a lot of beer, but they're not drinking it. They're splashing it on each other. They're like diving into pools of it. Like. Beer is yeah. around, but nobody seems to be drinking it. Did you guys notice that? It's, yeah, I, I noticed. I like. I have jotted down here stair diving. Really, yes. like that's like that, Like at some point, like I made a lot of really dumb decisions when I was partying in college. Never at any point that I was I like, hey, let's blow up an inflatable pool, 
fill it with all this beer and then let's dive 10 steps down face first, chest first into a big pool of beer. That sounds like a really good time. Yeah. Not, uh, not a good idea. No, no, not a good, not a good idea. Not a good idea at all. Doing push-ups with chicks sitting on you. Like really there are so many, there are so many like classic eighties things going on in this party, you know, like with just the, you know, the little, the little miniature feats of strength and ogre drinking out of a trophy that looks like it's from my fantasy football league, so you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And they keep pouring beer in every, every moment, every moment of that party. And, and also the party is out of control and it's gotta be two in the afternoon. Yeah. That is a little weird too. Like people are just showing up, like it's early in the day and these it, guys are, are going balls deep. It's destroyed. Yeah, ogre is committing murder, uh, attempted murder already. Yeah. 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 That I, well, I've got that. That's funny. You bring that up. Ed, cause I've, I, you know, and this will be something like that we can weave in as we go along the thing here, but I actually kept a felony count of uh, everything that happened in this movie that you would normally get like thrown into jail for. And the very first one I have listed is, is Ogre dropped the guy from a balcony. He dropped the dude on his head yeah, from the balcony. Definitely attempted murder. I'm watching this thing. I'm watching this thing. And the fact that like it's built around the football team, I'm like, God, can you imagine the outside the line about the Adams football yeah, team? It's worse than the program. Like, all this, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Like Bob Lee, like real serious Bob Lee going. And then there was Fred Paula Watson, the yeah. ogre. <laughs> dropped the young man and they interview like they interview the guy that got dropped on his head and he's got like one of those like one of those halo uh, like one of those halo yeah, if things. he's lucky yeah. if he's lucky he's got the halo right with this screws drilled into his head and like the you know like the whole like full-on like joan cusack from 16 candles break going on to like stabilize his whole spine like yeah so, yeah but that's what, it's funny you bring that up that's the first thing i have on the felony count is ogre dropping a guy from the balcony yeah there's quite a few felonies Committed by both sides, and I'll just leave it at that. I count, I, I count 12 for the whole movie. Okay, good. Uh, so then, you know, it's things are going fine for Lewis and and Gilbert. They're checking out their dorm room, and they, they have a robot for some reason. And Lewis is just – something you'll notice throughout the movie. Lewis is just real positive. Like, whatever happens, he's just totally <laughs> – Everything's going to be great. Don't worry. It's not a big deal. Whatever. We're fine. And he's real positive about their dorm room. Meanwhile, over at the, at the, um, football players, the jocks party, they're, they're just going nuts. They're, they're like drinking Everclear and blowing fireballs out of their mouths at, at which point they light the drapes on fire and burn down their frat house. And they, and they don't seem too bummed about it. They they were asking for it because this was a preppy jock house, and the guy who lights everything on fire is wearing overalls. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Well, who, yeah, he's, he probably transferred in from one of the, one of the southern institutions. Like maybe he couldn't maybe he couldn't cut, make the team at Ole Miss, so he transferred to Adams College. That's a possibility. I wonder what conference Adams was in. Like if they, yeah. you know, like if when he was transferring from Ole Miss, like. If he had to beg them to not put Adams on the list of schools right. he couldn't transfer Don't to, make, like I really want to go to Adams. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I like to, I have this cousin I'd like to be closer to in California. I, uh, yeah, 188 proof they said the uh, the fireball was. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. So that's basically like pure alcohol. That's funny you say that about Lewis too, Brian. Because my notes, 
I wrote Lewis equals cockeyed optimist, Gilbert equals pragmatist. Yeah, totally. Like Gilbert sees the world as it is, and Lewis is just so pumped for everything. So the, the, the whole movie. Yes, the whole movie. The um the football so the football players burn down their house and immediately coach John Goodman, skinny John Goodman rolls in and he's like, All right, we gotta get our my guys a new house. Let's kick the freshmen out of their dorm. Um it doesn't take much. They uh, another felony is committed as the as the football players go into the dorm and assault a bunch of the players, a bunch of the freshmen, throw them out the window, throw them down the, throw their shit out the windows and just basically uh, take over uh, like, like a, like a hooligan soccer mob. And, and now they own that that dorm. I I have that as the third, I have the fire as the second felony after ogre dropping a dude. And then I've got, yeah, I wrote down breaking and entering, but it's really a whole lot more than yes. that. There's a lot of assault going well, on too. They didn't show. They didn't the show everything inside. Just, right. I just put the storming of the dorm as a general third felony in the movie. So our list is our list is in sync right now. Yeah. When, sure. when he when he sends his whole team to kick him out, it's like fourteen white guys. Yeah, they're, they're all white. Team. Yeah, the whole team. They're, they're all like white. Guys. Yeah, they're all white, well, and they're, they're all thirty two. Yeah, never at any point in the movie. It does the football team at Adams look like it has nearly enough guys to even no. field it than all 22, no. let alone like a college football team. A couple of the like dudes the are big, but they, they yeah. definitely don't have the depth. Right. Yeah, no, but they've only got like, they've only got like 12 guys on the whole team. Yeah. Like, dude, what if every guy play both ways? They're playing both ways you down know, at they, Adams. They have no injuries on the team, <laughs> you know, like, and, and, the, and the coach is yelling at them about a bowl game. I don't want to jump too far ahead because I, but like, there, there's a lot of, like, I, I'm, this is where my sports background does bleed into this a little bit. Yeah. Like I, I I'm, I'm a big stickler for, if you're going to do sports in a movie, even one that's as stupid as this one, at least have enough guys to feel the football team. You and, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I wasn't really buying Ted McGinley as a two time all American. I'm just, I'll just say that. All right. I just, you know, at Adams college, I'm just, I'm just not in, buying it. In Sorry. Fucking, I believe it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that <could be> true. <laughs> Uh, so the nerd- he definitely wasn't an all age wasn't an un- he wasn't an all American in Cunnilingus. That's, oh, that's for, sure. for sure. That's for sure. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, um, the- but by the way, yeah. the, I, I have a note. The uh, the look Gid- uh, Goodman gives uh, when the dean suggests people with allergies can use a foam r- rubber pillow is just amazing. <laughs> so the good. look, so good. I mean, you can see why he's the guy who separated. Out of this crew. Oh yeah, he was he was on his way so to good. becoming a star. Um, so the nerds take up residence in the gym, but they and it's kind of like a um, it's, it looks like a Red Cross shelter where they just have like cots laid out, and that Dean's like, well, you can stay here, you know, till basketball season starts. And but they have they have a way out. They're gonna they're gonna try to pledge fraternities, and this is where this is where we get our real first introduction to the crew. There's Poindexter. Who's just like your classic nerd, like a real goober? I read. I read the name Poindexter was a, a last minute addition because the character was originally named Lipschitz, <laughs> and uh, the prop guy was named Lipschitz, and he didn't like the fact that his character was one of the big nerds, <laughs> so they switched. That's insane. Uh, well, Poindexter's more, more on the nose. I, I think that was a good choice. Um, Lamar, the the. the that was the black Cobra Kai. Yeah, he was sli- yeah. slightly effeminate. I didn't realize that. Good, call, good uh, pick. Um, and then there's Wormser, who's like the um, the he's like that that kid that's 
homeschooled and his parents make him study real hard for the spelling bee and stuff. And then, so he, what came first, this or real genius? Cause he's got that. Oh, is it this? the young kid? I'm just wondering oh, yeah, if, yeah. which came first with that. I think, I think revenge of the nerds came first, uh, but they, they have to be pretty close. Maybe not. Um, and then problematic character. Hey, wait, wait, can I, Hey, can I, yeah. can I, can I just, can I, I feel like I should have a bell when there's like a felony bell. Just, like, oh like, yeah. Uh, ding. Um, can we, can we arrest Wormser's parents for just dropping him off? Like dropping a 12 year old kid <laughs> off at a gym. Child neglect. By the way, child and- he's begging not to go. Please don't leave me here. I just want to be with my friends. I don't want to go to college. I- yeah. And they don't, they don't have to. I, I mean, He's 12. They should be taking care of him. He's a little kid. An ogre's there. Like, not a good idea. Um, problematic character, Takashi. Takashi. The Japanese nerd. Director gave him two notes. Fuck up your L's. Yeah. Fuck up your asses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he showed him Mick- Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's, and he's like, okay, this, but more. <laughs> <laughs> do this but harder uh and then of say co- thank you a lot and of course we meet booger the iconic booger who went on to be booger in every single one of the many many revenge of the nerds sequels and really didn't do he's booger to this day i mean it's just one of the well, this was, he had a decent stretch on moonlighting i think oh that's right like, that's right yeah he was like well, the this, number two guy there yeah this was Revenge of the Nerds came out after Risky Business, right? I think Risky Business yeah, is like 83. Yeah. Because yeah. he was Miles. He was Tom Cruise's buddy in right. Risky Business. Right. Yeah. He seemed to just yeah. want to embrace Booger. Yeah, he did. And he like could a, have broken in like, different directions, but he wanted Booger. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, but the, like, I feel like if you, if you watch Risky Business, like, Miles is basically Booger living in suburban Chicago. Like he's the one trying to talk Joel into getting hookers at his house. <laughs> and he's the one that he's the one that calls the tranny hooker yeah. saying that he's Joel. Like he's a he's like a he's like a real mischievous non nose picking version of Booger. But I feel like attic like attitudinally like he's Booger. And you're right. Like you look at him, like he'll forever be like does that do we know? Like these comic cons are a big deal now. Does okay. a guy like Booger do you think sure. get appearance money at sure. Comic Con? Hundred percent. Yeah, he he definitely does. He does. He's not getting the big. He's not getting like the Walking Dead guys money, but he's getting a couple right. hundred bucks to sign. Like you got you got to pay five yeah. bucks to get to get a glossy, an eight by ten with but with his signature. I'm guessing he goes to every one of those types of For events. Sure. Yeah, that's the game. If there's a nerds cruise, he's going on the nerds cruise. That's the game. <laughs> yeah. And there is. Um, so Gilbert and Lewis decide they're going to hit, hit up a frat. Um, they, and then, so for some reason they go to the, to the sorority and they're like, Hey, Hey sluts. Like, um, Gilbert's like real, he's, you got to hand it to him. Like he's super positive. He's like, I'm just going to ask out like the head cheerleader, the hottest chick in the hottest fraternity. Hey, do you want to go out with me? And she's like, no, of course not. But she's like, Hey, yeah, you should join the, um, the alpha betas. And to which Gilbert responds, aren't all alpha betas jocks? And I had to rewind this because I wasn't, I, I didn't realize what he said, but he says, aren't all, all alpha betas jocks and face men? Oh, <laughs> I, didn't, oh yeah. I didn't really realize anybody used that term, not in jest. 
Um, but they, they so the, the guys go hit up the alpha beta house. They're not like super good judges of character. Like they're nerds and they're supposed to be smart. And these chicks like obviously are making fun of them. They send them to join the alpha betas. And needless to say, the alpha betas are ready. They put them through an in- initiation where they're tarred and feathered. It doesn't work out for them. So they return to the gym and like all couple dudes, they just take a shower together. So, With their glasses. Of course. Yeah, just hop right in the shower together, and they're very close to each other, having a chat. <laughs> but Lewis stays positive. He's like, it'll be fine. I'm going to find us a place to live tomorrow. No big deal. Um, now, a, a, a turn in the movie happens. The next day, Gilbert, he's like in the library or something, and some girl, Judy, she's having trouble on her with her computer and Gilbert slides right in and flexes his dick with his animation skills. He's just like, here, computers are fun. Like you can get to, you can create things and show your imagination. And he draws like a picture of them holding hands, which I don't even think could have been done. Yeah, like maybe, maybe if you worked the world's NASA. fastest computer in 1984, <laughs> dude, that would be honestly like in the 1980, that's like what he did is like the 1984 equivalent of creating an entire web page in like six minutes. Yes, totally. Like he, like, like, like she's sitting there trying to program in basic. Like she's got 10, go to 20, yes. you know, like she's got all these, and like he's over there, like, you know, putting glasses on a stick figure and sliding hey, it over. Doing, and, they're like, doing like the, the two step together. He has totally. a whole right. Thing. Well, and that yeah. that had to be a big chunk of the uh, of the budget of this movie. Just that scene right there. You know, there was a discussion <laughs> where the producers are like, "Can we afford to do this? Can you bring this scene in for under one hundred eighty thousand dollars?" And some special effects guys like, "Yeah, I think I can do it. I think I can put this together." <laughs> Like the 1984 version of the last scene in one of the Transformers movies yes, or something exactly, like that. Like, yes. listen, listen, we got to have these two people, and he's got to slide next to her and start to hold her hand it, on the screen. It blew the budget for sure. Uh, and, of course, uh, Booger immediately just wants to know if he, quote, got in her pants, because he wouldn't be Booger if he didn't. Um, and the nerds try to find a, a rental unit, and that doesn't go well. Um, Takashi shows up at another Japanese guy's house who's equally, who's not only a Japanese stereotype, but he's prejudiced against nerds. Um, every house they go to, they're presidents against nerds, except when Wormser, who is 12, goes by himself to rent a house and nearly gets statutorily raped by the homeowner. Yeah, I had, I didn't have that as a felony. I had it as a near felony. Yeah, it was close. Like, it was you close. Know, like, close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He walked Fortunately, fortunately for that slutty, fat octogenarian, uh, Wormser decided to walk away. There, you, <laughs> he you saved did himself. skip by the part where uh, I guess uh, Takashi had a job uh, clean, doing the laundry for the football team. He's collecting the jock straps. Right. Yes. <laughs> and the guy, and uh, I think it was McGinley who says, "You know karate?" He says, "No." They said, yep. good. And then puts the dirty jockstrap right, right on his, his face. Right on yep, his yep. Ring, ring, the, ring the felony bell. I had that written down, assault via jockstrap. I'm seriously going to send you guys a picture of my notes after this is over. I'm not bullshit. Use it. Text I'm it. checking it off as we go. Text it to me because I'll use and, it. 
and I have it, the note, the guy that Lamar, that, that when he goes up to the big guy's place, I'm pretty sure that was the jealous ex-boyfriend in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Simone's boyfriend, when he's chasing wow. around the dinosaurs. Wow. <laughs> pretty sure that's the guy. I have to go back and wait, re- wait, review the Wait, tape. wait, hang on. Ed, Ed, say that again. Which guy? I was thinking of so Lamar. Right. So Lamar goes to a house, and this big dude shows up. I mean, opens the door. I'm pretty sure that big dude was Simone's ex-boyfriend who chased Pee-wee around in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, that dude was a giant. Yeah, you, uh, you guys, I, I'm watching this again, and I didn't really understand their strategy in trying to find a place to live. Like, like uh, Lewis comes in with this list of places, and they're visiting all these places, and it seems like it's all just a bunch of individual rooms. Like, like you know, right. I feel like if it's like a group, a group effort like that, you're trying to find what they ultimately found, which was a house. But like. Lewis is like, here's the list. Let's all split up, guys. And he sends them to all these places where there's like a bedroom for rent. I didn't get that. Yeah, like, and for he, someone who's supposed to be really smart with computers. Well, he, he had written he a computer know. program to find. Uh, he's like, I've written a computer program to find all the rentals in the town. And he, you're right. They were going to places where people lived. Like, it didn't seem like they were for rent other than maybe a room above the garage or something. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't think there was a sign even on no any signs. of these places. Yeah. Um. So things are heating up with Gilbert and Judy. They're kind of like dating, like Gilbert's having a real college experience. Lewis does find them a house, which is what they were looking for in the first place. But of course, it's a real shithole. It's like an animal house style house. And But they're nerds, so they fix it up. And But Ted McGinley's cruising by. He's cruising by on his motorcycle. His beautiful blonde hair is flowing in the breeze. He's got his chick on the back, like... Life isn't too bad for Ted McGinley. Stan, I don't think Stan really needed to waste any energy messing with the nerds. One, he's a two-time All-American. That means he's probably looking at going to the NFL. Yeah. B. Yeah, he definitely dreams of the NFL. He's balls deep in this Betty Childs. Not to mention, you know, he's probably he's probably got a wandering eye. I imagine a guy like looks like Ted McGinley. He probably gets out and about. He's probably not doesn't stay exactly true to Betty Childs. It's it's a lot of energy to waste fucking around with some guys that you probably would never notice on campus in the first place. Right? Yeah, dude. It, it, you that brings that's a great point. Like the macro point of this whole thing. If you take a step back, it's like, man, why were what exactly did you think the nerds were going to do to you? <laughs> like, it, it, you talk about the Walking Dead. Like, it, like did you think they were zombies that were going to kill you or eat your face or something like that? Like. It, you are very preoccupied. It's like Karate Kid. It's like Karate Kid Three, where that billionaire dude is like occupied. Like his whole life is consumed with making Daniel Larusso miserable. It's like you have a billion dollars. Well, like he's, really, he's got a, your, He's because because import Kree, export business. Crease saved his ass in Nam three times, Sean. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, yeah. Like, the, he owed yeah, his life. The whole thing yeah. about caring about nerds. That's a very middle school. Maybe even yes, early high school either. thing. Yep. By by high, by college, you you just don't think about those people. Um, I did want to. Oh point yeah, out, and actually, and, and actually, real quick, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Ed, but if you're no. Stan Gable, if you're Stan Gable, you're the quarterback of the football team. You befriend the nerds because those are the guys that can take exactly. tests for you. Exactly. You pay and them. you you can cheat off their paper. Yeah. yeah, that makes no sense. It's a good point. But when they got that crummy old house, it featured something that 
pretty much every 80s movie either had a study montage, a house reconstruction that's montage, true. or a boat race. Yeah. One, cra- yeah. one Crazy Summer had two of the three. Yeah, that's true. That's that's very true. <laughs> uh, yeah, they get they get the house all fixed up. Stan Gable's riding by with Betty on the back of his Honda, and he's and he has to stop and go, what are you looking at, nerd? Because a couple of the nerds were outside. And then one of the guys responds under his breath. And this was a, this was a bit of inspired dialogue. I think it was Booger. He said, I thought I saw my mother's douchebag, but that's back in Ohio. (laughs) And I just don't even like just the, how that made it through the editing process. I think there were four writers on this movie. I just, I'm not not sure. Come up with an insult. (laughs) Like, so I don't feel like that one was really workshopped. It seems like more of a burn on the guy that says it than, than on Ted McGinley, but Hey, I'll let it go. Um, so then um, the, the, they're living at the house. I have written here. Nerds get out. And I don't remember what that means, uh, but they end up at the, Oh no, they, they wrote, they, that, that, oh, that's the, what it was written on the, the, on the brick. Yes. Right through the window. Yes. Yes. So they're, I remember Gilbert's like, it says nerds get out. Yeah, so they're the whole thing is the nerds are being terrorized. But if you yeah. if you really watch closely, what the what the jocks are doing to the nerds is like barely rates. And it starts with this. They throw they throw a, a rock through the window with written in Sharpie, nerds get out. And the nerds make a big deal. They take it to the Greek Council. And Ted McGinley, of course, is the head of the Greek Council. And he he tells them, hey. You guys aren't even a fraternity. Like you don't have a, a say at what happens on campus because you don't even count because you don't have a national sponsor. So the nerds go, all right, we'll do that. And so they petition all the fraternities around the country to try to get a chapter on campus and all of, they get turned down because they include a picture of themselves in every submission Except for one, and of course I'm talking about Lambda, 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 the Tri-Lambs. They go and meet with the national chapter and fantastic character actor Bernie Casey is the head of the Tri-Lambs, which it turns out is a black fraternity. And he's he sees them come in and he goes, you guys got to understand, I'm in a difficult situation here. I mean... After all, you're nerds. And <laughs> it's so, it seems like it's just a non-starter. Like your nerds aren't, can't be in our thing. But Poindexter, I mean, the nerds are smart. Poindexter gets them on a technicality. Apparently, any, yeah. anybody that asks to be a fraternity, you have to give them a mm-hmm. trial period of 60 days to become a fraternity. So the Tri-Lambs, the, the Adams College Tri-Lambs chapter gets a little back door in where they get to get to take a chance at becoming a fraternity for 60 days. Can I, can I just point something out here? Like you would think that the Tri-Lambs would have tightened up that loophole in their bylaws. Don't you think like, like by, by their bylaws, basically any just band of droglodytes or drifters or homeless can totally. get 20 people together and say, we want to be Lambda, 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 and they get to be a Lambda, Lambda, Lambda chapter for 60 days. And it, like, it, doesn't, it, it, was, it seems like the head of the fraternity, the guy that has dedicated his life to overseeing this, what is essentially uh, a corporation, 
would know a lot the, of loopholes there, buddy. know the rules of his own organization. And also he could be like, Oh, well, well let's just change that bylaw. Oh, is that, do we have that in there still? Well, let's get, let's just change it. Cause I'm in charge. Yeah, here. We'll just change it. Change yesterday. We don't, no, we don't want those nerds. You have an outdated uh, bylaw yeah. book. So uh, Lewis is still working Betty Childs. He's like really into it. He thinks things are going to happen for him. She's not having it at all. And she goes and tells um, Stan, Stan, Stan and Ogre are working out. They're lifting weights. And now, how Stan is lifting weights yeah, is very bizarre. I made a note about that as well. He's, he has a very, I don't know what, like Jack LaLanne was not the strength and conditioning coach there. I don't know who was in charge, but he's doing, he's like doing curls, but he's like spinning them in a circle in front of him. He's, like it's, it's no yeah, kind of way do, like doing seen. that, that swim dance where he's kind of <laughs> yeah, going yes, forearms yes. in <laughs> yes. and o- ogre curling. Things. He's really, really struggling with, with <clears throat> what looks like maybe like 50 pounds. Yeah. Yes. It's with both arms. I'm not saying like 50 yes, pound dumbbells. Yes. Like he's, He's got a bar and he's he's struggling. Same with McGinley. McGinley's got like ten pound dumbbells dumbbells in his hand. You know, you can make a prop department. Like everybody's seen the pictures of Paul Ryan's doing Paul Ryan doing those curls with those forty pound weights. Like he he just wrote forty pounds on some twenty five pound weights. <laughs> like you can do you can have the prop department make fake weights so it looks like these guys are lifting some heavy weight. Kind of an error there, but. Betty comes and she complains to Stan, hey, one of these nerds has been hitting on me. And he's kind of like, which one? And she's like, I don't know, one of those fucking gross nerds over there. And he's like, all right, we'll, we're going to get back at these guys. So the- can, I, can I, before, before, yes. before you yes, get to the next do. scene, can I just say, you guys, you guys are burying the lead in the gym scene. Yeah. So like, yeah, like the, the weightlifting by Ogre and, and by Stan is, is kind of whack. Um, Betty's mom jeans that she's wearing oh, in that they're, scene. They're way are high. In- are incredible. Oh they're incredible. They, they like, and, and that, and that we didn't point those out like back in 1984, 1985 goes to show you just how crazy fashion, like how crazy stupid fashion was back then. This hot blonde chick is wearing jeans that come up around like above, like the, the belt line is above her belly button. That's, it's ridiculous. I, bl- I blame myself for this. So I watched this movie's not that easy to find online. I watched the um, YouTube version, which is like somebody recorded off his TV, and it's so did I. Yeah, and it's like it's zoom, it's, it's like all zoomed in, yeah, it's zoomed in. So half the time their heads aren't on the screen. And Same I'm, here. I'm like, I can't believe I didn't notice the jeans part, but I was thinking maybe it was cut off or something. It was no, it wasn't half the half the time i couldn't see people's facial expressions or anything it was weird that somebody made like a vhs recording that's bad like with their dad's <laughs> hand cam. yeah of course because it's, it's hard to they, get they got they did no brian you know here you know what's funny so i like so i'm i'm wanting to watch this thing to get ready to talk to you guys about it not like i don't have it pretty much committed to memory anyway right but but I, so I did the same thing. I go to YouTube, I search it, I found that. I'm like, ah, it'd be really nice if I could find like the whole. So I go to Netflix. It's not on Netflix. I go to iTunes. I'm like, well, shit, I'll just, I'll pay $3.99 to rent it for a day. I don't care. Sure. They have Revenge of the Nerds on iTunes to download or rent. They have Revenge of the Nerds 2, 3, and 4, but they don't have one. 
<laughs> same with on YouTube because because one is so problematic. It's it's the era of Me Too. You can't you can't show a movie like yeah. this anymore. I I went old school. I couldn't find it anywhere. And then I went on Amazon, and there was a DVD for ten dollars. It was Revenge of the Nerds, Porky's, and Weekend at Bernie's. Oh and I thought, God. well, there's a good chance we're doing Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, my at some God. Point. Oh, my God. That's, so that's three I have, classics. I, yeah, so oh, I own the DVD of those those movies. I'd pay 10 bucks for Porky's alone. That, that one's going to be hard to find as well. Uh, yeah, no, dude, Porky, Porky's and Revenge of the Nerds are on the Mount Rushmore of webcam Boyer movies. Yes. Or like, yeah, say, not, boy, not webcam. Right? Yes. Porky's, they didn't use a webcam. It was, I'll say... And it's in the Mount Rushmore of Peeping Tom movie. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Uh, um, so the nerds are planning a party. They're like, hey, we got our house together. And they're like getting set up for the party. And they're putting out um, hors d'oeuvres. And Takashi suggests that they serve, and I'm quoting here, <laughs> Robster Cross. They just yeah. they spent more time sitting around coming up with things for him to say incorrectly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was like a very that was a very dialed in attack there. What, what appetizer can we have that has the most number of L's in it? Right. right. Absolutely. Um, in one of the deleted scenes, I'm sure he was offering up lollipops as well. <laughs> two, two on the nose, um, and so shockingly they're like trying to have a party and they're like it's kind of like not that going off and the, um for some reason the the hot sorority girls the pie delts or whatever they're called show up to serenade them and these nerds just aren't smart like they don't realize that whenever these chicks are involved that there's some kind of a work going on and it's it's to distract their attention they've they've come out and they've like serenaded them with a hilarious song uh, but but the the party is still kind of weak. Bernie Casey is not having a good time. Like they're trying to show that they're cool dudes, so that the national chapter will give them an. Act- <laughs> the only the only person dancing at the party is Lamar. Yeah, they want it. They want an actual um, fraternity on their campus, and it's just not going well. So Judy Gilbert's girlfriend's like, "Hey, how about I invite my sorority girls, the Moose." Over <laughs> and, mega moves. and Booger, Booger's staunchly anti this. Like Booger understands what's going on. He's like, no, no. They're a bunch of pigs. Yeah, yeah. They're a bunch of pigs. <laughs> he doesn't want them over, but they come over. And again, it's like a little. It's kind of like that seventh grade dance thing where all the guys are on one side, all the girls are on the other, and then randomly. And I don't know what Booger was waiting for. Like the party was a real dud and he opens his jacket and he's got about 30 tampon size super dudes in his, in his upper pocket. Like, did he just now think, Oh, by the way, I have a, a giant pocket full of weed that we can all smoke. Yeah. And the jazz yeah. cigarettes. And, and, and yeah. let me, uh, let me ring the felony bell for drug possession. Oh, right. Yes. In the eighties. Definitely. <laughs> he he might've had enough to, yeah, that's enough to distribute. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah he, he had about, a dozen giant joints in his pocket. Um, the jazz cigarettes work though. They get the party going and suddenly the nerds are all getting ass at one point. Some, one of the chicks point is like trying to explain the Pythagorean theorem. And she's like, look, 
do you want to fuck or what? And Poindexter's like, yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, what, what's his name? Get, uh, Lewis is getting laid. He gets laid. He's got a smoking jacket. He looks like half. Everything's going great. And then all of a sudden something happens to break up the party. And what happens is that the, the jocks release a bunch of adorable piglets into their house and they just come running through the house. And for some reason that is like considered an especially mean prank and it like ruins the party. And I, I just didn't understand how that was meant to be so bad. And then they, they go, Oh my God, these piglets have ruined our party. And they run, they run outside and they look outside and then the, and then the jocks, they moon them. They pull down their pants and they, they show them their ass and they've, now they've mooned them. And it's the party's I'm leaning ruined. over hay bales the, on a pickup. What? what like, what was that? And they had, they had something written on their, uh, stand. it was their names. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had their names, but it was like, it was just like such the weakest, the weakest <laughs> prank. I, yeah, we're, we're getting fucked up, up and having sex. Yeah, we're getting laid, and and now we're stoned, and there's piglets running around, and piglets are fucking adorable. Like you'd be playing with them because you're so high, and everything's going would be going great. Yeah, you got mooned. Who cares? Like keep partying, keep getting laid by the moose. I thought that. Was I like a how weird. on the I, I like I like how on the truck with all the bales of hay, like all the football players turn to moon the the uh, the trilands. And there's Betty Childs just standing on there, like the lovely Elizabeth from the WWF back in the day. Like she's the she's the manager of all twelve of these heels that are up there showing their assholes yes. to uh, to the tri lambs. Like just it was it was just a it was a it was a majestic sight. I think she had her mom jeans on. Yeah, too, I'm sure she did. Cool. Um, but the nerds are so slighted <laughs> that their party's been ruined. They decide to retaliate, and the re- this is this is a case of the an over-the-top response to a very minor <laughs> yeah. slight. Yeah, these guys mooned us. Uh, what do you say we commit some serious crimes yeah, I don't, to get revenge? I feel like Sean ran out of hashtags on the felony count during this scene because the nerds' plan to retaliate is essentially to burglarize and terrorize and sexually assault everybody inside the sorority yeah, revenge house. Porn. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they got cameras that they, the, they, they race in. They're not, they're not even hiding their identities. They race in. It's a, it's a quote panty raid. The sorority girls who are largely topless, even on YouTube uh, are running and screaming in terror. At one point, Booger, one of the, one of the girls is being protected from being assaulted by Booger by a larger sorority woman. And it's like the house mom. And he, and Booger says to her, step aside, mama. I want to see some of that muff. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I mean, they videotape the whole thing. They run in, they scare him all to death. They basically sexually assault him. And then this is especially disturbing. <laughs> They go home, and after after these poor girls have had to physically repel the advances of the rampaging nerds, and Lewis is is laughing. He's that doing that like maniacal laughter. Then what do they do? They go home and they watch videos of their crimes. Oh yeah, using their intricate camera system yeah, and, that has like 
12 cameras stacked throughout the entire sorority house. Takashi is super excited, and and Lewis is, like, eating ice cream, and he's like, <laughs> like, it could have been the scene from a horror movie, what was happening. Jason Stewart and his 10 bros at Cal State Fullerton found this type of behavior wholly unsavory. And... <laughs> Through the through the prism of modern evolved morality, this entire montage is so disturbing, and yet in 1984, it could not have been more hilarious. Like, yeah, no, 1984, in 1984, it was just a more techno- technically technologically advanced sequel to the Porky shower scene, where they go and they just rip the pipe aside and jam their hole their eye into the hole. Like this is way, you know, this is just like more intricate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And by, uh, and I'm going to ring the felony bell here for invasion of privacy and stalking. Yeah. And like like you said, they didn't disguise who they were. So all they would have to do is go to the school, the police say, yeah, there was, this dude was in a hoodie in my shower. This, this, this guy, uh, you know, tried to rape me. It, It would be a pretty quick ending for these guys. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of, like, there, there, there are a lot of loose ends. You know, like, what happened in the sorority house when they ultimately found that there were dozens of cameras stashed throughout the house? That were like, I that. think we have some evidence now, because we can just find right. these cameras. Yeah. At, at, right. one, at one point, one of the girls is, phys- I think it's Booger or Poindexter, where she's phys- physically beating him off with her f- fist. Bad choice of terms. She's punching him to get him away from her. Like, I feel like that this is definitely an actionable, many actionable offenses that occur. And it's especially gross when they're watching the video. And at one point there's like a zoomed in shot of one of the girl's butts and she's in panties and Lewis is watching and he's eating his ice cream and he's, <laughs> he looks very scary. And he says, he says, I could never get tired of that ass. How could you ever get tired of that ass, Takashi? And Takashi groans and says, I see your point. And he appears to be fondling himself. The whole thing is like, if you just took that scene out of the movie and just showed it to somebody, it is objectively terrifying. Like it doesn't, it doesn't fit in the rest of the movie. Take it out of the context. And you're like, Oh my God, this, what kind of horror movie is this? <laughs> and he's got like the most stereotypical laugh going like to, not not uh lewis takashi like he has the most like stereotypical asian guy laugh like oh oh yes i see your point you know like oh yes oh hair pie yes. hair pie he's pouring like oh little yeah shots hair pie, of, yes he's pouring he's pouring like little shots i think wasn't he drinking was he drinking out of a sake glass like one of those yeah. Sake? yeah. Oh, yeah. He had. He was definitely doing. He was drinking, just pounding sake throughout the entire night. Did he have? Did oh, he have his? Of course. Did he have his kamikaze um, headband on? He did. He, yeah, did. he did. Yeah, he did. Now, also, uh, why didn't Lamar put up a bigger fight? Because there are a lot of felonies on the line, and he certainly wasn't enjoying it. No, that's not his thing. That's not so why would he go through all those? Because he was on the roof, I think, well, with the little kid. He's one of the guys. He's just there to help out. Part he's of the frat, man. Yeah, that's what you got to do. What you got to do. Yeah, and then they're the still frat. not done. They go. They get, move on to the next crowd. Yeah, because that was just to pay the sorority girls back, and all they really did was sing a song and make them look like fools. But 
they, then they get their revenge on the betas and their, their revenge on the betas. Like they sexually assault the, the sorority girls, the, the betas, the jocks, they get them back with the old icy hot in the jock trick. Yeah. Like, but not, the, does not bring, equal. Bring the, bring the felony bell, liquid heat in the jocks. <laughs> you, th- you think they could go down for that one? That's not, that just, that's not just shenanigans. I don't know, man. I, 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 was, I don't know. That's, I was at a football camp where a guy had to go to the hospital cause he got that. And the other guys who did it to him were, were thrown out of camp. So at really? least. They, they could have gotten tossed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't at least a, it's a very, at the very least, very least, it's a disorderly conduct misdemeanor. But I'm keeping it on the felony list. Yeah. Well, whatever happens, somehow this 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 um this revenge <laughs> that they get earns the tri lambs their official charter. They're they're officially part of the lambda 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 fraternity. Um, and then again, they're pranked with what. I would consider to be a very innocuous offense by the jocks. The jocks light a ignite a sign outside of their house that just says nerds. It's just like a, it just, it's just a a sign lit on fire that says nerds. It's, it's, uh, I mean, keep in mind, this is only about 15 years. I mean, they are technically a black fraternity. I mean, it's not a burning cross, Ed. This not, is only no. 15 years after the burning shit on a lawn of a black fraternity. It's it's not a good message. Well, they the, the Lambdas call them on the carpet at the Greek Council, but again, Ted McGinley swings his dick around, and because he's the president of the Greek Council... They they cannot be charged with a crime, but he he agrees to investigate or do something. Um, but it's it's determined that the only way that the that the lambdas can get their justice is if they become the head of the Greek Council. And the way to become the head of a Greek Council, as is the resolution in every '80s movie, is some sort of test of skill. And in this case. It's the homecoming carnival where there is a weird mix of events. They don't, they don't seem to go together. The first is a tricycle race where you have to chug a beer on every lap. They, they run Takashi in that one. And, you know, you know, a, Asian people oftentimes have meta- trouble metabolizing alcohol. So you'd think, oh, he might not be the best choice for that. But how do they win? He juices illegal drugs, yes. illegal drugs, yes, illegal performance enhancers. He uses perform. He uses performance enhancing drugs. They've they've got the nerds have some chemical compound that you drink that doesn't allow you to feel the effects of alcohol. So every lap he does on the tricycle, he chugs a Coors Original, and let's make it look like he's drinking the whole thing. Just one time, just make it. We need one shot where it looks like he drinks an entire beer because they do this in every movie where they give him a can of beer and he pours it for like a millisecond, a fifteenth of a second, and it's like, oh, he, I, I drank a whole beer. He didn't. But in his defense, the betas, we already know they don't actually drink their beer; they just pour it on their heads. That's true. So. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. But he he wins a tricycle. Race and then maybe you guys can explain this to me because they have a tug of war. 
and the nerds, the the jocks are done. There's other teams involved, but I, it's the nerds are teamed up with the moos, I believe, and then it's like a sorority and a fraternity team up, and the and the right. and the betas are teamed up with the pies, and there's a tug of war, and it's the it's the lambdas against the betas. And the, the nerds violate the sanctity of the event when they go and they're like, ready, one, two, three, pull. They release the rope and then all, then all the jocks fall down. And somehow that means that the nerds won the tug of war. Is that, did I miss something there? I think they were, I, I think that was an event. I've always interpreted that to mean like, cause he, cause you see some of them on the nerd side go, okay, you win. I think they were punting on that event. Right, I think they didn't that like, like they just gave that one. I, okay. Yeah, I think, I think the yeah uh, the the nerds came in last in that event. Got it. Yeah, okay, they, okay. They, they knew they, they knew but they were going to win, so that's they were going to humiliate, humiliate the alpha betas in the process. Rat, yeah, but that's also the, the move of a fight. shitty kid. Yes, growing up, totally. When you're when you're running a race and the one kid pretends he doesn't care halfway through because he knows he's going to lose, it's kind of that move. I um when I was in fifth grade you know we used to have the field day like at the end of the school year you have a field day and it's like all events like this and one of them was a tug of war and we were doing the tug of war and they're the kids from the special class like they didn't have enough um kids to have like their own team so they put one of the one of the um the stronger kids from the special class on our team and i feel like he single-handedly took care of the tug of war for our fifth grade class. I think we even beat the sixth graders that year because we had like one extra strong dude on our team. I also think he was about 16. So that, that was helpful to us in the, in the tug of war. Um, so they go, they, they continue. Oh, Booger, Booger dominates the belching contest. And then, so it's all like weird events. Then they just happen to have a javelin, like an actual, ancient Olympic event. They're like, oh, we're also going to throw a javelin. Like, we're going to do a belching contest, and we're also going to throw a javelin, which is one of the iconic scenes of the movie, because Lamar is able to dominate it with his limp wrist and throwing style. They've they've designed... Yeah, with with a javelin, with a javelin that looks like, like, that that looks like it's made out of, like, really flimsy rubber. Like, it just... Like, it, you know, you remember, did you guys remember, like, when you were younger, like, take your pencil and hold it in between your middle finger and yeah. your thumb and yeah. you, like, wave it up and down so it looked rubbery? Yes. That's what his javelin looked like. His javelin looked like one of those rubbery pencils. And are you, don't they have to meet certain standards? Like, you don't just go to the Olympics and just be like, oh, I'm going to use my own, like, I got this one over here and it's just the special one that I use. Like, the t- in the Tour de France, yeah. they have to x-ray the bikes because guys sneak yeah. motors into their bikes. So... It seems to me the same with the javelin. You just can't make your own kind of javelin. Am I right? You think. You think. And obviously, the Adams Homecoming Carnival does not fall under the jurisdiction of the uh, International Olympic Committee. It, re- it reminds me of the time that Dennis Connor destroyed the sanctity of the America's Cup race by entering a catamaran. It was before then. You were not allowed to use cat. No one had ever thought to use a catamaran because it was a race between sloops. These are racing yachts. These weren't these weren't funny little two hulled boats. But he came out with a catamaran and dominated. Little American yeah, didn't, cup for you guys. Didn't uh, I didn't exactly grow up in the hood, didn't, but that didn't make that didn't make it to my neck of the woods. Didn't rate you weren't watching that, that controversy. Um, there's, um, there's also a kissing also, booth there. 
Yeah, but also before that, one of the events, I remember Booger should have been uh, expelled from school because during the, uh, what was it, the arm wrestling, I think he picked his nose and put it on his hand. That's right. I was yeah, wondering what was going on there. Yeah, and I, you know what, I forgot to put that on the list. We have 13 felonies because yeah, that is contact with a bodily fluid. Yeah, and that's, and I've made, okay. I, I've made it clear on the show that I'm, I'm pretty staunchly anti-death penalty unless you weaponize your bodily fluids and that this is a clear case of that. Booger yep. should be executed. Um, ki- there's a kissing <laughs> booth and Betty announces, she's like, oh, so Betty's hosting the kissing booth and <laughs> Rose Lewis cruises up and he's got like a thousand tickets for the kissing booth. And he's like, uh, you're going to be making out with me against your will. And she's like, no, I'm not. I'm going on break. And they, and they put like one of the moves in for her and he's, and Lewis has to make out with her. But Betty's like, she pulls Stan aside and she's like, Stan, all this kissing is making me really horny. Like, let's go fuck. And Stan's like, not right now, babe. Like he's like too busy. Like he just can't, can't be bothered to have intercourse. And, but Lewis, Lewis catches on to this like he sees what's up and this is this is when we have the scene that that <laughs> makes it's very dark this this, this this is the scene that this is the scene that has removed this movie yeah. from the from from the world of itunes and other places you just can't do this anymore for some reason um stan and lewis are both in costume except stan's includes a mask and Lewis doesn't have a mask, but everything else is pretty much the same. So Lewis grabs Stan's mask because um, Stan is running over to see what's happening at their pie eating booth where they're using revenge porn um, photos of Betty Childs at, at the, in the bottom of their pie tins. And that's why they're selling so many pies. I hope you, I hope you made a hash mark for that felony there, Sean. Uh, dis- distribution of pornography. Yes, okay, good, Got good. Check. Um, so he puts on he puts on his mask and he he heads into the uh, the moon bounce area alone with Betty and Betty's like, take off your mask and he's like, no, no, I'm not taking off my mask. And she's like, oh, Stan, you're so kinky. And they then he's he heads downstairs. And he performs oral sex on her by means of deception, which is certainly imprisonable in all 50 states. Even, yeah, there's, there's not a felony bill large enough for this one right here. There you go. Even, even in the 80s. But once, once he comes up, after he's given her pleasure, once he comes up and she realizes she's been duped, it didn't matter to her because... <laughs> It just felt so good. It was such an enjoyable experience that all she has to say is, are all nerds as good as you? And that's when he gives her the line. Well, yeah, because jocks only think about sex or jocks only think about sports. All we think about is sex because we're criminals. And she, and he, and she's like, okay, well meet me after the pep rally. Like she's already ready for round two because she she so much enjoyed her first mouth raping that she's she's ready to involve herself in another um guys what what are your thoughts on this well back to back to the just the revenge porn pies they're handing out kind of bullshit again that there's a contest just how many pies you can sell yeah 
It's not a fucking pie. No, it you isn't. can't just squirt whipped whip cream in a pan and, and call it a pie. And meanwhile, Ogre thinks it's delicious. He's like, oh, it's a pretty good pie. And I'm like, was the prop department too late, too lazy to just make some pies? Like, go to go to Denny's, get a few pies, and just <laughs> use them. Like, have them eat real pie. How lazy are you? Yeah. Pretty lazy. Here, here's my, my, my take on the pie scene is, like, think about Stan Gable for a second. And think about all the, the ways he's tormented these nerds for doing nothing except being nerds, right? Exactly. Like he's putting jock straps on their heads. He's releasing pigs into their houses. Ultimately, he said he these nerds people. are a threat to our way of life is one of his. Right. But, me- right. but right. meanwhile, then, the stuff the nerds they- are doing are much worse. Like his are just well, like sm- small pranks. Right. But he's, he's like hyper focused on them throughout the movie. And then they actually do something that warrants him going and finding them and kicking every one of their asses. He, he took a, they took a naked picture of his girlfriend yes. and are distributing it to people yes. at the homecoming carnival. And all he can do, like a pussy, is sit there and go, that's my pie. Like he, <laughs> yes. He, he, like he doesn't do anything. He just sits there and he mopes, he mopes about it. Like, I'm going, really, dude? Like, this is, like, it, like that, that's the one thing, like, Stan should have been livid. He should have been running around like a maniac trying to find every single one of these jokers just so he could squash their heads like a grape. Totally. And he's just sitting there moping next to Ogre. Like, I, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, so that's, I, that's, I yeah. That's the type of shit that will come up at the combine, the pre draft evaluation. <laughs> you know, like, there could be like, could keep him out of well, the league. I'd like to see more fight in this guy. <laughs> yes, he came, he was a two time All American, but. I don't know. He, he kind of got clowned by a bunch of nerds. So good. So, good. Um, so the, then there's a talent show. And <laughs> the, um, the, the betas and the pies do like a, they do a, where the, where the football players dress like cheerleaders. The, the whole thing's so bad and it just goes on forever. And then the, um, the, nerds they come out and they do like a devo-esque new wave rap kind of performance with lamar rapping and poindexter booger booger's doing like an elvis yeah i I have some of it here let's see let's see how this sounds I'll, i'll play it for you guys so 80s this, this is a very Devo. Yeah, and they're playing like their Apple IIe Commodore 64 keyboards, and they programmed them to make sounds. And point. But Lamar had a pretty dope jacket. I kind of dug it. Yeah, he's got like a Michael Jackson jacket on. Yeah. And uh, Poindexter's got his hair all spiked punk. <laughs> and look, everyone's feeling it. Burger plays guitar. Get to the part where Lamar's rapping. Um, and Takashi. Problematic. Takashi's dr- dressed like an American Indian. He's got a war bonnet on. I don't think that's allowable these days. <laughs> Cultural appropriation. I mean, he's banging on a gong. Yeah, not cool. And then the kid is dressed like Lamar. Yeah. Lambda, 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 and this is clearly recorded in a studio. Like uh, Lamar's, Lamar's lip syncing here. He's pop, but he is pop locking, which I feel like '84. We were at the end of the breakdance era. 
Luca Presley on the meat. Yeah, Boogaloo was already out. Yeah, Electric. Lamar, we got Takashi beating on his gong. The boys in the moves are clapping along. And just when you thought you seen Also, a bunch of other nerds show up that you haven't seen really before. Like the background nerds, they're in the chorus. Oh, yeah, Worms is moonwalking. Pretty much every child actor, if you were a child actor in the 80s, the first thing your stage mom did was like, okay, you need to learn to moonwalk. And because it was like the Ricker was moonwalking, Alfonso Ribeiro, like anybody in the 80s, any child actor in the 80s needed to have a moonwalk. Yeah, I like that uh, Takashi was given the gong. Yeah, he's dressed like a na- <laughs> yeah. he's dressed like a native, but uh, but Native American, but uh, yeah, he's still playing the the most stereotypical Asian instrument. Yeah, it's not great. Um, so the 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 nerds the nerds essentially they win the talent show. Um, <clears throat> based, you know, everyone loves them, and then Ted McGinn. Ted McGinn. Yeah, he's like, Betty, come out of here. He's he's like, I'm so bummed out. You're going to have to suck all the sadness out of me. And she's like, oh, no way. She's like, I've been, um, I'm down with my mouth assaulter now. Like, I've been Stockholm syndrome. No, by, no, no. By no, this. wait, wait, wait. Hang on, Brian. Hey, I'm Brian. They... He he didn't he didn't want to go get out all his frustration by having sex with her. He wanted to go pump iron. Uh, like that was Stan Gable's solution to it. Was he wanted to go lift weights? I thought that was a euphemism. Yeah, no, Goodman, I think Stan really wanted to lift weights. I think you're right. Doesn't Goodman yell at them? Like after they lose a talent show, Goodman, their football yeah, he coach, gives him a long sees speech. Them lose it, and he's like, "Locker room now." Oh, and he yelled at them like they just turned the ball over four times in the first half against, <laughs> you know, like against Kansas. Like, why would he, he would, he would have been happy. He, he, he would had expected them to be reading their playbooks, not, not, uh, performing skits. Um, but, the, but to get them back, this is actually the only thing the jocks do. Well, besides when they assault them physically to throw them out of their dorm, um, they go in and they destroy the house. And for the first time, like they come home and their house is all wrecked and suddenly for the first time in the whole movie, Lewis is negative. And meanwhile, he's just stolen the hottest chick in the school via questionable means, via via problematic methods. Let's call it what it is. Rape. Just straight up rape. He he raped his way to having the hottest chick on campus, and now he's all bummed out. He's like, "I don't, you know, I just we're never going to beat these jocks," and he's all bummed out. And it's Gilbert that's got to come in and save him. They go to the pep rally and they make a they make like a shared speech where we're we're they're like, "You guys are probably all nerds too, all you alums." And all, you know, everything like, uh, they, they get the crowd on their side. Oh, and just before that, the, um, they're going to get their ass kicked by the, by the football team, the betas, but Bernie Casey and the rest of the tri lambs show up and they brought, they yeah. brought out the whole chapter. Sadly, the whole movie, the crux of the movie, the point they're making is that a lot of black guys are scary yeah. and an entire <laughs> yeah. College football team backs down yes. to guys that are that are like past their prime. Right. They're older yeah, guys, older gentlemen, yeah. older older black guys. But they're black are just too scary well, for a football team. Well, and, 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 okay. they're black. 
<laughs> well, and they, and right before they came out, keep in mind what was the exact thing that was about to happen when Bernie Casey walked out and said, hold it right there, coach. The exact thing that was about to happen was that John Goodman, the coach, was about to – he was holding the president of the university by his lapel of his jacket right. and was about to, and was yes. about to break his jaw. Yes, with his right. head. Like, he was getting ready to haul off and punch the president of the school on a stage in front of the entire alumni at the homecoming bonfire and the homecoming pep rally. And, I think this is how the it, Joe Pye incident went down. Yeah, you know, this is this is when yeah, exactly. a coach has too much power. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So the Joe Pye, Joe Pye, like to the president of the school, like, did you just push me on the? Did you hey, listen? You, you listen here, yeah. my guy. If they want to go in and trash the house, they can go in and trash the house. What What do I know about child rape? I, I'm trying to get ready for Nebraska. <laughs> so and then so then it's after that 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 gilbert and lewis give their speech to the to the gathered alumni and they're huge heroes and betty still she cannot wait She's for like, please get back to the raping she wants another round of skullnick's fantastic cunnilingus they, she and that's how the movie ends that's it the the nerds <laughs> triumph but i would argue yeah. i would argue much like the Karate Kid, all these years, we have got the protagonists and the antagonists of this movie <laughs> mixed up. The nerds are much, much worse. They do many, many yeah. more terrible things in this movie than do the jocks, the alpha betas. Teasing versus major crimes. <laughs> they're, they're two different things. Yes, totally agree. Nerds are the bad one, guys. One party was guilty of being immature. The other was guilty of crimes. Amazing. Stunning. Stunning. I feel like this I feel like the Star Wars movies are like that too. Like through a certain yes. point of view, the rebels can be viewed as terrorists, can they not? Hundred percent. They took the, yeah, they, took the they, they took the entire superstructure that holds the government inside of it and they Love blew it, it up with some proton torpedoes. One one man's freedom fighter. And Luke Scott Luke Skywalker, such a complaint, such a whiner. The guy's got the fucking yeah. force and he's whiny and he's got zits and he kisses his sister. Like <laughs> enough with Luke's Oh, Obi Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Like, come on, calm down. Uh I totally and agree. This, uh, this soundtrack, by the way, is very weird because they have Queen, yeah, and Michael thriller. Jackson they talking like heads, thriller. yeah, yeah, Michael Jackson talking heads, and then they have absolute trash for music, really yeah. bad '80s shit, and there's no in between. But they they clearly got some good licenses. Yeah, it was a little weird though because the one that Sean and I watched on on YouTube was like slightly sped up. It was like one one point two five speed. So all the songs, you're like, wait, did they did they cover this song? Because you can't tell that it's the actual Talking Heads no, because it's because it's, it's too fast. Um, I will. I will. I remembered. So it was four movies for ten dollars. The fourth was Bachelor Party too. It was oh, a worthy purchase. That's a good song. Dude, because you can a, you can't get those anymore. Value. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I just figured for sure we're gonna do a weekend at Bernie's I mean, at some point. Bachelor party was basically basically porn when you're 12 years old. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Yep. Tony and also, yep. party, the the early party when they're checking into college, much like the Teen Wolf party, much like back to school parties, it did ruin. Because I was a a younger I kid. I thought that's it how it was going to be. 
what I thought college would be yeah. for me. Yeah, when, when it's mostly just dudes sitting around drinking natural light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, that's exactly. uh, All right, guys, that is it. Uh, the Revenge of the Nerds. A lot of people have been asking for this movie. I was really stoked. Thank you, Sean Cablanasian Pendergast. Very, very stoked that you could appear. You did not disappoint. Thank you. Hey, oh, thank you guys for having me. It was great. Absolutely. Ed Daly, fantastic job on your part as well. Um, and me, I did great as well. So yeah. for Ed, we also sounded very handsome. To yeah, me. we were great looking guys all the way around. So for Ed Daly, for Sean Pendergast, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode 245 of the baller lifestyle.com, the baller lifestyle podcast from the baller lifestyle.com, the revenge of the nerds edition. We will see you next week. A lot of shit so hot, man. You know the shit's on top. Top podcast, man. It really hits the spot. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is for all us. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller.